ID the Future, a podcast about evolution and intelligent design. Hello, I'm Tom Gilson. New images have brought forth new science, new controversy, and some new confusion as they've come from the James Webb Telescope recently, with one author in particular garnering a lot of press claiming that these new images prove the Big Bang didn't happen. Well, Stephen C. Meyer is here to sort that through with us, author of the best-selling book, Return of the God Hypothesis, Three Scientific Discoveries that Reveal the Mind Behind the Universe, and an expert on these topics as well. Meyer puts it back in perspective here in a conversation with Michael Medved on The Michael Medved Show. There have been major discoveries by the James Webb Telescope which are causing scientists to rethink the origins of the cosmos. And I, I understand that for religious believers, there's, there's some sense that the world was created. For people who question the idea of a created universe, you got big questions about where it comes from. And, uh, now after a consensus of many years, I find out by reading Steve's, uh, Meyer's new piece. It's published in the Daily Wire. It's about the scientists rethinking galaxy formation and basically the origins of the universe. Uh, Steve, what exactly is going on? Well, thanks for having me on. I know we talked about this before, but there's so many interesting developments. It's great to be back to discuss it again. Um, there was an article in a, a, a British journal um, for arts and uh, humanities by a kind of independent physics researcher named Eric Lerner. And Lerner uh, reported that there were some discoveries that he said were uh, challenging the Big Bang and showing that it never happened. In fact, he wrote a book. He, he's been a skeptic about the Big Bang since 1991. Um, the, the story about this caught on like wildfire in the in the blogosphere and in the social media and in, to some extent even in the mainstream press. I'm getting asked about it everywhere I go. The, the short story is that what has been discovered by the James Webb Telescope does not challenge the Big Bang Theory, but it might challenge some of our ideas about how galaxies form. But Lerner presented this to the wider press as if it were the, 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 the discoveries that the James Webb Telescope made about um, the number of galaxies that were present very early in the history of the universe. He presented that evidence as if it were a challenge to the Big Bang Theory. And so there's been because the Big Bang Theory is so foundational to our understanding of cosmology and where the universe came from, and it does seem to have very clear um, theistic implications, um, there's been a huge amount of attention around this one rather obscure article from a rather obscure independent researcher. Okay, let's just clarify so that everybody understands. The essential idea of the Big Bang Theory is not that there was an actual sound or... Or even what you would right. call uh, an explosion. Uh, it's basically that the universe as we know it started off in a, in a very small amount of matter and uh, then grew over the course of billions of years from that small beginning. Is that uh, 
basically yeah, exactly. it's the idea actually even even more radically it affirms that the universe uh, began a finite time ago the ma the material universe of matter space time and energy as best we can tell had a beginning a finite time ago now a very long time ago probably 13.8 billion years is the accepted date but that it it began uh, uh, when when the universe began time and space began with it and then has and the universe has since expanded outward in a roughly spherically symmetric way it's like you could envision a balloon being blown up um, and so this the the idea that the universe had a beginning has really uh, troubled and perplexed many scientists because if you want to think about the origin of matter itself it becomes very difficult to a, give a materialistic explanation for the origin of matter because before there was matter there was no matter to do the causing so you have this puzzle where you can really only go back so far in providing a physical or materialistic cause and that has suggested a kind of convergence with the classical theistic or even biblical account of things after all the first words of the bible are in the beginning there's the affirmation that there was a beginning so this has been one of those scientific discoveries which, against all expectations coming out of the 19th century, has actually confirmed uh, a, a broadly theistic view of things, not a materialistic view of things, if we're, thinking, we're talking as far as worldviews, but rather a more theistic view where the best explanation for the origin of the universe would seem to require something like uh, some entity that transcends space and time and which is itself not material. Okay. I think one of the questions that there are people out there who would want to ask would be, uh, if you have a theory that says that before the Big Bang, before the creation of uh, matter and time and the universe, there was nothing. Uh, even in the biblical account, it, it says in the book of Genesis, there was uh Tohu vavohu, the earth was formless and void. And uh, how do you prove that nothing existed if nothing existed? Well, the 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 uh, implication of a beginning flows from three separate lines of evidence, at least. The first is that the universe in the present day is expanding outward in all directions and we know about this from the light coming from the distant galaxies and this will get us into the discussion of what the james webb is is detecting the light coming from very distant galaxies is being stretched out and the way astronomers um, detect that is they realize that the the the, the uh, wavelengths of the light are longer than they should otherwise be if those distant galaxies were stationary in relation to us if uh, a train whistle recedes from us, the pitch of the sound will drop. And that's because the sound waves are being stretched out. Well, light does a similar thing. And it, if it's stretched towards the red end of the visible light spectrum, where red, red light is long wavelength and violet is shorter, then the scientists are able to detect upon analysis the, the movement away of the galaxies. But in light of that evidence, in light of Einstein's theory of general relativity, which suggests that space and time are connected, suggests that the universe is not just that the light or the galaxies are moving away in, into a static um, space, but rather space is expanding and causing that expansion as it goes. And so you have this idea of a of, of universe expanding. Now, if you back that up in your mind's eye, 
at any point in the in the past, as you go progressively back further and further, the the matter of the universe would get closer and closer and closer together until finally it would converge on a point marking the beginning of the expansion and arguably the beginning of the universe and arguably the beginning of the universe because you can't back extrapolate any further than that. Now, there's a parallel development in theoretical physics that uh, is a consequence also of Einstein's theory of general relativity. And this was worked out in the 1960s by Stephen Hawking. And that is something called the singularity theorem. And it's the idea that as the universe is, uh, it's the idea that in the forward direction of the time, the universe is expanding and the matter is getting more and more diffuse. But in the reverse direction, the matter would become more and more concentrated. Now, according to Einstein's theory of general relativity, massive bodies actually curve the fabric of space. And so as you go further back in time, the curvature of space gets tighter and tighter and tighter until you finally reach a limiting case where the curvature of space goes to an infinite value, which corresponds to zero spatial volume. And that's the singularity, the beginning point. There's a third line of evidence or a third proof from physics uh, based on special relativity that also affirms a beginning. So you have this very strange convergence of multiple lines of evidence pointing to the fact of the beginning to the universe, which was completely unexpected in the late 19th century. And it's, it's been a very troubling and disturbing thing for many physicists. Einstein didn't like it. It took him a long time to come around to it. Sir Arthur Eddington said that he found the idea of a, a, the Big Bang preposterous. It leaves him cold, he said. Uh, great British astrophysicist. But people have come okay. around to it because the evidence supports it. But what does the evidence mean in practical terms? Uh, yes, philosophically, it's very important. But uh, how does this increase our scientific understanding of the world around us? Uh, with new revelations from the uh, James Webb Space Telescope, uh, Steve Meyer will do. The uh, Big Bang Theory uh, affirms that the universe is constantly expanding and your minds are constantly expanding when you're in conversation with Steve Meyer. Uh, Steve, uh, Dr. Meyer received his PhD in the philosophy of science from the University of Cambridge. He's a former geophysicist and college professor who is director of the uh, Center for Science and Culture at the Discovery Institute. His uh, best-selling books include Darwin's Doubt, The Explosive Origin of Animal Life and the Case for Intelligent Design, and uh, most recently, The uh, God Hypothesis, The Return of the God Hypothesis, uh, which has been uh, a best-seller and a mind expander as well. Uh, speaking of expanding, we um, we should let people know that coming up on November 9th, which is just, what is it, it's two days from a month from now. Uh, there's a remarkable event occurring right here in Seattle, an exclusive national summit on the converging technologies remaking the world as we know it, from artificial intelligence to 5G and Wi-Fi 6, from tokenized time to blockchain, from cloud computing to the quantum revolution, from the spatial web to the efflorescence of space flight, the future is meeting right here in Seattle and at COSM. Uh, the mission of the conference is to stimulate debate and deliberation 
among industry leaders on the unities animating these apparently divergent technology areas. It's going to be held at the Bellevue Hyatt November 9th, that weekend. And the summit illuminates the synergy between Seattle and the world and provides a scene of civilized conversation and exchange. And uh, Steve, I assume you're going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it's headlined by our own George Gilder, who's uh, written so many important books about not only economics, uh, but also also innovation in the technology sector, which is, in his view, the driver of economic growth. Without any doubt, the Time magazine uh, just had a um, a little piece about the James Webb telescope making its first a significant scientific discovery, they say. First comes the art, then comes the science, they write, just over a week after NASA dazzled the world with the first clutch of images from the James Webb Space Telescope. Astronomers working with one of the pictures believe they found the oldest galaxy ever imagined, uh, a galaxy dating back 13.5 billion years, or just 300 million years after the Big Bang. Uh, that as reported by Space.com and others. Uh, what does it mean to be able to glimpse a a galaxy from 13 and a half billion years ago? Yeah, this is a really exciting thing about the technology that NASA has developed here and also uh, our understanding of this expanding universe. If you think about trying to look at something very, very, very far away, you have to realize you're looking out into the night sky. The light coming from that object is going to take time to get to you. So if something is um, billions and billions and billions of light years away, it's going to be billions and billions of you're going to be getting a, a look at it. You're going to be seeing it as it looked billions and billions of years ago. This is called look back time. So what the the, the James Webb um, did was it developed it is largely based on the idea of the expanding universe and the big bang theory it realized that if our universe is expanding outward in the forward direction of time then the galaxies that are um, very far away from us are going to be sending us light that is stretched out red shifted but it's going to be stretched out so much because the light has had so long to travel since those galaxies formed until before it gets to us that the light is going to be, and the universe would have been expanding so much during that time that the light will be uber redshifted. It will be stretched out of the visible range of red to violet and into the invisible infrared range of light. Now, detecting that light turns out to be technically very difficult because if we put a, a, a telescope up even into space, the, the warmth or the heat from that telescope is going to emit infrared radiation which will which will interfere with the ability to detect the the radiation that that NASA wanted to to, uh, to to collect, and so what the NASA engineers had to do was super cool the telescope down to just a few degrees, especially the, the most important components, down to just a few degrees above absolute zero, and then that eliminated the the potential um, uh, interfering radiation coming from the the instrument itself. Now. What, what's happened is that they have actually been able, in looking very, very far back in time and very, very far away, to detect galaxies in their infancy, just a few hundred million years after the Big Bang. 
And that's the that's the the that's the exciting thing. They've been able to image galaxies that old. The the surprising thing was that there were more of them than they expected, and that's why this this uh, Eric Lerner, the independent physics researcher, said, "Oh, this is this is upsetting all of our ideas about the Big Bang." But it wasn't. It, it possibly upset some ideas about how long it takes galaxies to form, but the very fact that we were able to image galaxies that old meant that what we were getting was very highly redshifted light, uber redshifted light that was very stretched out because the, the tel- telescope was designed to detect light coming or, or electromagnetic radiation coming in the infrared range. The very fact that they were able to image galaxies from radiation of that very long wavelength kind shows that we were getting exactly the kind of radiation we should expect to get if the Big Bang Theory and the expanding universe were true. So the, the very fact that we're talking about these galaxies that old is a confirmation of the expanding universe and with it, the Big Bang Theory based on it. So um, the, the reports of the demise of the Big Bang Theory have been greatly exaggerated, but there are some puzzles, and they have to do with galaxy formation. And of course, there's also there's just the excitement of being able to see a galaxy in the very infancy of the universe. And when you talk about the very in infancy of the universe, we're not talking about uh, uh, years of a human infancy, which would be yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, three hundred million, million years. years. Yeah, just a, a very young little galaxy, but <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, in in terms of all of this, I, there's such a deep public fascination, and and it goes to, I think, people's spiritual beliefs, their whole belief in the nature of matter and and uh, the universe and reality uh the the distance of some of these galaxies uh probably mean that if if life existed on them at any time that the ability to communicate over the course of literally billions of light years uh is probably non-existent right well, I, it's hard to get your mind around that problem. Um, yeah, I w- I'd probably say so. I mean, one of the things to keep in mind with this is that even 100 years ago, in 1920, at the Smithsonian, they had what was then called the Great Debate. And it was a debate between astronomers who thought that our Milky Way galaxy was the only galaxy hmm. and that there might be other galaxies beyond uh, in what were then thought to be nebular structures. Some people thought they were clouds of gas around individual stars. Well, those nebular structures themselves turned out to be galaxies. Mm-hmm. And in the in the ensuing 100 years, we've learned that there's not just one or two other galaxies beyond the Milky Way, but we live in a vast universe that is that contains at least 200 billion, and the more recent estimates are probably about 2 trillion galaxies. Now, galaxies contain multiple star systems and solar systems. I mean, it's just an absolutely immense universe. So when you go out and look at the night sky, you see a point of light. It might be a separate star, but it might be a galaxy, and um, and that there there are hundreds of billions of them. It's just uh, really literally mind blowing to to realize that we're in this ever expanding universe that is so vast, and yet here we are on this planetary system with a beautiful planet with lots of water, just the right distance from a host star, just the right axial tilt, everything finely tuned to allow for life. It's uh, quite an extraordinary ride we're on on planet earth well again in terms of people figuring out some of this immensity this does relate directly to what you write about in the return of the god hypothesis 
Well, absolutely. In fact, I, I focus on three key b- discoveries of the last 100 years. The first is the one we've been talking about. The universe had a beginning. That was unexpected. It challenged uh, philosophical materialism. It suggested that the need for a transcendent cause of some kind to bring the physical universe into existence, some cause that was not bound by matter, but also that the universe has been finely tuned for life from the beginning, and that life contains digital information that points to some sort of master programmer. So those three discoveries, I think, are bringing back a theistic view of the natural sciences, what I call the return of the God hypothesis. Fascinating material uh, posted at our website, uh, the most recent piece in the Daily Wire, and more from Steve Meyer, who um, is an an ornament and a stimulant in this uh, greatest nation on God's green earth. That was Stephen C. Meyer, director of the Discovery Institute's Center for Science and Culture, clearing up some of the picture for us from the James Webb Telescope's recent discoveries and showing how it still points to a theistic origin of the universe. We say thank you to the Michael Medved Show and to Michael Medved himself for hosting this conversation. Until next time, for ID the Future, I'm Tom Gilson. Thank you for listening. Visit us at idthefuture.com and intelligentdesign.org. This program is Copyright Discovery Institute and recorded by its Center for Science and Culture.